Hey there, folks. Welcome back to the State Tax Show. I'm Matt Hunsaker. Today, we take a closer look at New York's proposed data tax. Guess what? I managed to squeeze in a spring break vacation down to South Florida. We went down there with some friends and mostly just hung out on the beach, but we did also take a drive down to Key West. My kids don't agree on much, but they did all agree that the highlight of the trip was the airboat tour of the Everglades. That may have been because the teenagers got to go on their own boat away from the parents. We did see a few gators and some other wildlife up close, which I thought was pretty neat. So if you ever find yourselves down that way, I would highly recommend a tour. It's been a weird year or so with all of these novel taxes being thrown out there to tax segments of the digital economy. You know, we've seen Maryland pass its digital advertising tax. I've talked about that at length, and we'll probably come back to that when or if the follow-up bill, that's Senate Bill 787, gets enacted. We've also seen some activity up in the Pacific Northwest on taxing social media. The latest tax I want to talk about is New York's proposal to put an excise tax on commercial data collectors. The tax proposal is New York Senate Bill 4959, which got introduced back on February 19th. This is a monthly tax that is imposed on commercial data collectors that collect data from New York consumers. The tax rate is graduated based on the number of New York consumers from which the taxpayer collects data. The tax is not a gross receipts tax, but rather it's based on the number of New York consumers from which the taxpayer collects data. If you collect data on less than a million New York consumers in a given month, there is no tax. From 1 million to 2 million, the tax rate is 5 cents per consumer over 1 million consumers. So that caps out at $50,000. On the next million consumers, the tax rate is $0.10. And this rate goes up over 10 different tax brackets. But once you hit 10 million New York consumers, the rate is $0.50 per consumer over 10 million. So basically, the rate brackets start out at $0.05 per consumer, and then work their way up through these 10 brackets to 50 cents per consumer. And this is a monthly tax. So let's say you collect data on 10 million New York consumers. Well, then you're going to be paying two and a quarter million dollars in tax per month. 
It's important to keep in mind that when we talk about the number of consumers, we're talking about New York consumers. And there's a rebuttable presumption that a consumer is a New York consumer if they have a New York home address, a New York mailing address, or they use an IP address that's connected to a New York location. But you can rebut this by showing that the consumer's primary residence is outside New York. But good luck with that. I mean, how are you going to be able to rebut this when we're dealing with millions of consumers? The statute does, though, leave open the ability to work out an alternative method for determining New York consumers with the Department of Taxation and Finance. At this point, you are probably asking yourself, or should be asking yourself, this question. What is a commercial data collector? Well, it is a for-profit entity that, quote, collects, maintains, uses, processes, sells, or shares consumer data in support of its business activities. Let me read that for you one more time. It is a for-profit entity that collects, maintains, uses, processes, sells, or shares consumer data in support of its business activities. That's a pretty broad definition, isn't it? It's going to sweep up a lot of folks in the digital economy and probably a lot of them that aren't even the target of this tax. What about the small players? Well, the definition of a commercial data collector also has baked into it a threshold provision, which I'm sure that the legislature will say is designed to protect the small outfits. But us cynical folk will say it's designed primarily to get after large out-of-state companies. The threshold is that you have to collect consumer data on more than 1 million consumers within any month of the calendar year. Now, when you apply this threshold, there is a carve-out for collecting just purely contact information, you know, things like telephone numbers, email addresses, home addresses, and even credit card information. I should also add that when you're trying to apply this $1 million threshold, the law treats certain affiliated companies as a single taxpayer. And that affiliation standard is in Internal Revenue Code Section 1563A, which is the definition of a controlled group of corporations for purposes of consolidated returns. Okay, so now that we've addressed what is a commercial data collector, or at least the best we can at this point, we need to flip to the other side of the coin, and that is the definition of a consumer. And that definition is an individual who purchases goods or services from a commercial data collector or uses the services of a commercial data collector, whether charged for those services or not. So think your social media companies. Again, a very broad definition of a consumer. The final piece of the puzzle is figuring out what is consumer data? The definition in the statute leaves that wide open. It says that consumer data means any information that identifies, relates to, describes, is capable of being associated with, or could 
reasonably be linked with a consumer, whether directly submitted to the commercial data collector by the consumer or derived from other sources. So basically, that means, well, just about anything under the sun. So what are the problems with this tax? Well, the first one I can see is record keeping. This is unlike any other tax out there. And businesses that are subject to it, or want to prove that they are not subject to it, are going to have to develop new record keeping systems to track their activities. The second issue, and you can probably pick up on this with my snarky comments earlier, is just how vague the definitions are. It is going to be very hard for taxpayers to comply with the law when it is not clear whether they are a commercial data collector or whether they are even collecting consumer data. Another issue that data collectors are going to have to contend with is the problem of double counting. You see, data collectors may be collecting data multiple times from the same consumer, but it may not be clear from their records that they're dealing with the same consumer. And so there's the potential that there may be double counting of a single consumer, which is going to inflate the tax that they end up paying. And one final issue, not that there aren't more, but the tax regime really suffers from a lack of transparency. You see, with a sales tax or other consumption tax, the consumer at the end of the row sees how much tax they are paying. But when you tax a business input, which I might add is almost universally considered bad policy, then the cost gets embedded into pricing or other operational decisions. And the consumers who ultimately bear the tax don't really know that they are paying it. Or if they do know they're paying it, they don't really know how much. The Council on State Taxation sent the legislature a letter discussing this principle. And I like how in that letter they refer to this as a stealth tax. I think that really is an apt description. We'll keep following this tax to see if it goes anywhere. If it starts to get traction, I will revisit it. And I'll probably bring in one of my partners in our stellar digital assets and data management team to really flesh out some of the practical issues that the industry would have to deal with if this tax were to pass. I'll be back next Monday with a new episode. Until then, have yourselves a great week. The State Tax Show podcast is produced by Baker and Hostetler, LLP, and is for informational purposes only. It is intended to inform our clients and other friends of the firm about current legal developments of general interest. Issues discussed should not be construed as legal advice, and listeners should not act upon the information contained in this podcast without professional counsel. In some jurisdictions, this podcast may constitute attorney advertising. Please visit BakerLaw.com for more information about our practices and experience.